Welcome, everybody, to the One to Go show. It is Puka hosting once again tonight, and I just want to apologize in advance. I've got the sniffles just a little bit. So, like I said, if you hear some sniffles, I, I, I truly apologize. Uh, joined again tonight by Ryan Aho and Bert Lehman. Booyah, fellas. Well, if you've been listening to the podcast for some time, you know that we've been following the inaugural Dry Dean Extreme Dirt Car Winter Series. And Saturday night, they held their second race. Bert Lehman. Can anyone stop Chris Madden from winning the inaugural season title for this winter series? So far, it doesn't look like it. Uh, he won again, and uh, with two feature wins, you would figure that he's going to follow the entire series. Uh, what I was really surprised by was who finished second, Kyle Strickler, uh, modified hot shoe, who raced some late models last year, finished second, and then Overton was Brandon Overton was third and Shannon Buckingham fourth, Chris Ferguson fifth. And then after that, it's uh, uh, non-national recognizable names. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, what stuck out to you? Well, what stuck out to me is, uh, you know, we're only two races into this series and there's only 11 cars that have raced both races. So that kind of sticks out to me a little bit. You know, I'm hoping that it gains a little bit of traction here and, and uh, they get a little bit more consistency with this because it's a great series. I love these, these mini series that they, that they put together. And the person that I think can stop Chris Madden is Scott Bloomquist, right? Because at the end of the day, he makes all the decisions for that race team, where they're racing, what they have going on. So, at, you know, Madden kind of touched on that. He's like, well, I'm planning on running all of them, but it all depends on what Scott says. All the decisions go up to him. But uh, I'm not surprised with the high side tickler. You know, Strickler is an absolutely talented get-up-on-the-wheel race car driver, and I think you put that guy in a wheelbarrow and he's going to be fast. So, you know, look for him to really, really make his presence known in dirt late model racing, and, and I think a, a couple strong runs down there, he could make a run at that deal. Um, Madden's got the experience, but, you know, there's four races left, and Strickler's a good wheel, man. He could make something happen. Yeah, and just a little bit more on Madden now. So he's got four wins in his last five starts since November 1st. He's two for two in the series, so obviously he's leading the points. He started six, took the 5K victory. Brandon Overton, who I said, you know, who I'm picking high next year in the Woo series, he's committed to it, you know, another top three. Um, so, yeah, Strickler, like you are just talking about, uh, Madden, Overton, Fergie, I think those are kind of your four guys that, are going to kind of be circling for that championship at the end. What, what are your thoughts, Bert? I would agree with that. Um, it, it seems like this, I mean, this is a good series, you know, for quote unquote, the off season for racing. Um, it's an opportunity for some of the lesser known drivers to get some experience racing in a series and also to, you know, make a little, higher paying events um but yeah it's going to come down to to those four or five drivers you know chasing the championship ryan how much time in a late model seat does uh strickler have did he just start this fall in this series no no, i think no i no in this series he's ran just a little bit but i think strickler you know has actually a couple years where he's raced off and on in a late model um bert 
probably knows a little bit more on that than me. You know, he's primarily been a mod guy, but I think uh, didn't he run quite a few um, quite a few shows this this past summer in a late model? Yeah, he raced uh, the Eric Wells uh, car. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He yep. he raced a car for Eric Wells, and uh, he put put a lot of good runs together uh, in that car. And yeah, I mean, he's a mod hot shoe. Um, I've interviewed him several times over the last five years because he would always uh, come up to 141 Speedway for the Clash at the Creek, 10,000 to win show, modified show. And uh, he's won that once, but he's always been in the top five, I think, pretty much every time he's competed. Uh, Obviously, this year he didn't make it up to 141 Speedway because of the late model deal that he was racing. So, yeah, he, he raced for probably half the year this year i think in a late model yeah you know i gotta be honest with you you know i've watched him a little bit i've never seen him in person but i've seen a lot of his races online watching a lot of his different action and he gets up on the wheel he's aggressive he's not afraid to shred a quarter panel and you do some slide jobs and you know i kind of chuckle when i see a guy get out of the mods into the late model that's really aggressive like that you know there's a lot more tin on a late model than there is on a modified. Um, I wonder how long it'll take before he gets sick of body work and, and decides maybe he needs to be in a modified. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, uh, we'll keep our eye on the series. Next race coming up down in Georgia this Saturday. Turning our attention now to a little bit more local, uh, Cedar Lake Speedway came out with their 64th schedule for 2020. So it was kind of the same feel that Cedar Lake's always had. I know they're opening in early April. They're not doing the multi-show night until the third night uh, on their schedule. They're going to do uh, April 16th, 17th, and 18th, uh, you know, kind of that opening weekend, which was always the kind of a traditional big one. Ryan, you've won that one before. I have. I've won quite a few races <laughs> over at Cedar Lake, and I, I, I miss that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember being there freezing watching you win, you know, many years in uh, in April. Uh, May 9th, they got their popular school bus races. I know with, in talking with one of the owners last year. So, you know, if you've been to a major event at Cedar Lake, you know the amount of camping and how sprawling the property is. The, the bus races are just a Saturday night. There's no camping, okay? So last year, what one of the owners said, they said they had so many fans, and it basically matched the night that Dale Earnhardt Jr. came there. They had so many fans that they had to open the garage doors to their indoor arena and start letting people park in there. I mean, people, they, they were a half hour away from the, from the, the, you know, because they don't, you know, in that back parking area, you know, that camping area, how far it is. People would have to walk for a half hour. So, and, and they're trying to give these people a good experience because this is your non-race fan, right? These are pulling people that would never come to a race. So he said it was just an absolute big success. Uh, again last year and, and like i said i just thought it was kind of a, a funny antidote to to their bus racing um july second uh, and third they're gonna have the woo sprints uh seventh and eighth of august the usa nationals bert will be there hopefully we'll see you there ryan uh their traditional ed reichert memorial uh sprint car race over labor day weekend and then the legendary 100 you know in mid-september they're starting on wednesday the 16th 10 classes of cars so you know i'll be staying away but What's interesting on the Cedar Lake schedule this year are two antidotes. And Ryan, 
my question to you is Masters Weekend. And, you know, we all know about 20 years ago, Cedar Lake started the Masters Weekend, started as a 50,000 to win late model race. This is 20 years ago, 50,000. It was one of the biggest. And it used to be an invite-only race. So the question is, today, are the days of super late model racing dead at the Cedar Lake Masters? I would, I would say never say never, right? You know, talking to them guys, they understand the difference between just racing and entertainment. And they got the USA Nationals. It's one of the biggest dirt late model racings in the entire country. It's absolutely incredible. And it's hard to duplicate that. It's hard to have two of those big marquee events. So they've been playing around with that. You know, it's like they, they tried a big paying mod show, and now they're paying ten grand for mods and lates. And, you know, so they're playing around with that right now. And I, I think they're really looking to see what's going to make that weekend a great weekend. And, and uh, it's hard to match that USA Nationals. And, you know, as for the present moment, I don't think you're going to see a big, big late model show there. But, you know, you never say never. You never know what happens with late model racing. You know, you get a little bit uh, more people in the area that are running open late models, and, and you never know what could happen and it just depends on sponsorship, but you know, it seems to me that that modified racing is really, you know, nipping on the heels of dirt late model racing. And they tried a big show, but I think they're going to be kind of leaning more towards how can we make a big mod show work is kind of what my feelings are on that. Uh, interesting. And Bert, let me before I, I uh, let you go here, I I, I forgot to give, give our listeners some of the news. What they are running this year. Is just basically the NASCAR local type late models on a 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 to win uh, basis. And then the same thing for USMTS mods 3,000 on Thursday, 5,000 on Friday, 10,000 on Saturday. And then they're going to run the USRA, which are like a, a crate, like a B late model uh, type thing. So that's what they're running. So, you know, like so we went from, you know, it being an invite only late model show back in the 90s. And I remember when it was you know, late models and sprints. And then I remember when they brought the summer nationals and I thought that was, it was a kicked off the summer nationals. I thought that was just great. You had some, some national guys coming in. They, they joined up with the USMTS and now we have this current format. Oh, and then they did the mod, like I said, the 50,000 to win mod race. And now last year and this year, they're going to continue this local late model USMTS uh, format. So Bert, uh, what say you on the masters? I mean, I agree with Ryan, um, you know, uh, the USA Nationals is a crown jewel event at, at Cedar Lake Speedway for super late models. And they've tried to duplicate that with the Masters in the past. Uh, but it's difficult to duplicate something that is successful. And so it seems like they're in a situation where they're trying different things to see what's best uh, for the drivers and also for the fans. And I mean... It, it's it's a good thing. It's good that they haven't given up on the Masters uh, idea totally. Um, you know, try to find what's what works best, um, and also working against Cedar Lake as far as having two Crown Jewel events is their proximity. You know, in the Upper Midwest. You know, if the track was located in the heart of dirt late model racing, you know, say down in you know, Ohio or Kentucky, you know, they would have a better chance to have two crown jewel events, but uh, it's, it's good to see them tweaking things, uh, try to find something that works best for everyone. Yeah. I, you know, and I, 
I've been to the Masters off and on. I probably make it down like once every seven years, and it seems like at least every other year, one of the days has rained out. You know, it's just the rainy season in this part of the country. You know, where you get into August, it's drying out a little bit. You know, and then, of course, you've got grad parties galore at that time of year, which I think would probably make it tough for some fans. So there just seems like there's a lot, you know, with weather, because like I said, if you're going to have a big event like that, you need to draw on the, you know, the, the regional fans. And, uh, you know, yeah, same with you guys. I, you know, I, I wish them the best. I hope they don't give up on the Masters like you just said, Bert. But, you know, I know the years I've been there, it's, it's been difficult. But the thing is, I've enjoyed every format. You know, I've enjoyed, you know, when it was a summer Nationals race. I enjoyed when they had sprint car there. I think about 07 I was there with the sprint cars, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the USMTS mods. So um, best wishes, Cedar well, Lake. Go i got to be honest with you. What you're saying there, thinking back to something you just said, is the whole reason that they're not having the super late models there. You know, talking to, I talked to Bob Kaufman here a couple weeks back and he said, you know, they went through and he talked, they talked to a ton of fans and they asked him, you know, Hey, the people that were at the USA nationals, did you also come to the masters? And a ton of them says, well, no, I try making down there every now and then, but I, it's been a few years. So a lot of the fans and you're a diehard late model fan and you just love dirt late model racing but you don't go to both. You didn't. You went to one or the other, and and they kind of noticed that. They took notice, and they says, you know, here's the deal. If most of our fans are doing one or the other, let's just make one great one instead of having two that are okay. Hey, that's a great point. And I know, Bert, we talked a couple of years ago, and there was a rumor swirling that they, they might turn that weekend into a Lucas race. Do you remember talking about that at the USA Nationals? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Oh, I, I think we, I mean, it was just a rumor, so you might not remember, but. You know, I, I assure you, if it were to become a Lucas weekend, I would be there. I would be at both, you know, but yeah, you know, like I said, I just, and, and it was the same thing for me though. It's just kind of a busy time of the year with, you know, with all my kids, you know, I end up with so many babysitters and I got grad parties that time. Of the year. And it just seems like, it seems like June's that first month of the year where, you know, you know, in our area that it's going to be the first month where you can guarantee nice weather. And it just seems like it's, you know, this time of year, we start planning so many summer activities and it seems like five of the eight that we plan for the summer end up in June somehow, you know? So I just, like I said, I think they're just fighting some of that, you know, you know, June ish weather that we experience in, in this well, part of the country. And, sure. an, and another thing is, you know, uh, people have a limited amount of vacation days to use throughout the year. So if you're a diehard late model fan, you know, you might have to make a choice as to which one you want to attend. So, you know, the USA Nationals is already established as one of the top crown jewel events in the country. Yeah, you know what you're getting there. Any final thoughts, Ryan, on the Masters? No, that that's exactly right. I mean, and, and there's a lot, not only do people only get a limited amount of vacation, but there's a lot of bigger events now than there was over the last 10, 15 years at various different racetracks. We're going to be talking about one here shortly. But, you know, that's another big thing is you got the, the huge crown jewel at the USA Nationals, but there's so many other racetracks that are doing their own really big show of some kind. So I think Cedar Lake's realizing that, man, it's, it's tough to, to have that much of the market share and be profitable. Yeah, that's a great point, too. When the USA Nationals were going, I mean, that was pretty much it as far as, uh, you know, seeing people up in this area as far as national traveling guys. One other note, fellas, on this schedule. Did you guys happen to notice uh, their press release where they talked about the month of money in July? 
I did. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. You know, they got their Dash Series, which in all essence is their track points series. They just happen to call it the NASCAR Dash Series. So that's really their track points. But they're having, you know, they're taking all their four primary, their four main classes, the Midwest Mods, the Pro Stocks, which is a Wasota Super Stock, um, the mid, uh, the Modifieds, and then, of course, their late models. In uh, four weeks, back-to-back-to-back-to-back, um, each of those divisions is going to race for five grand a win on that night. Now, I haven't seen a full payback and what the entry fees are, but let's face it, for regular local weekly racing, five grand, five grand a win is a lot of money. You know, so hopefully, you know, one can hope that all the area tracks kind of, I want to see them work together, right? They might not be with Soda, they're NASCAR, but they want to work with the other tracks. They want racing to succeed. So on the weeks where them, you know, say the, the pro stocks, for example, where they're racing for five grand to win, myself as a fan of racing, I would like to see all their area tracks give the super stocks a night off so they can go race for five grand to win instead of racing for 350 to win. Um, so hopefully the tracks work with them on this deal and it can just be good for the racers, the fans, and just the sport in general. I'm pretty excited. They're always doing something different there at Cedar, and uh, it's always fun to see what they have cooking. Yeah, so Saturday, July 11th, it's 5000 to win for the Pro Stocks. Saturday, July 18th, 5K to win for the Mods. Saturday, July 25th, 5K to win for the Lates. And then Saturday, August 1st, 5K to win for the Midwest Mods. And, yeah, that was kind of the question, Bert. You know, what, what are these other tracks going to do? You know, I mean, are they going to cut classes, or, or you know, what's going to happen? Well, I like how Ryan's idea, you know, other area tracks, you know, working together. It, it, it's not just even working together with the other tracks by um, not racing a particular division uh, on a night to allow them to race for the money there. You're also looking out for your drivers. I mean, yes, you want them to compete at your racetrack, but they'll remember you if, if, uh, if you give them the opportunity to go race for some money. I've always been a proponent of Shino Speedway not racing their local late models the weekend of the USA Nationals to allow um, the Eastern Wisconsin late model drivers to go to race in the, with the local late models at Cedar Lake Speedway. I mean, Nick Avalink goes every year, and because of that, um, he he pretty much takes himself out of the championship running for a track champion at his home track. Although he still won the championship this last year because uh, Shano rained out the weekend of the USA Nationals. <laughs> well, sometimes the sun shines on both sides of you. Huh? <laughs> so, all right. Well, good discussion there, guys. And another schedule that was released in our local area uh, was uh, Deer Creek Speedway, the uh, 25th season, 25th running uh, this year at Deer Creek. And there's some big news on the schedule and you know, I, this hasn't really floated around social media much. You know, I, I, I we, it looks like we caught it all, but did, I don't know if any of you, you know, saw this outside of our kind of our group text, but the Gopher 50, a longstanding, you know, maybe you wouldn't call it a, a crown jewel, but you definitely call it a race with a, you know, it, it's got a, a little pizzazz to it. I think there's a, you know, I think it's kind of a big deal to win the Gopher 50. You know, it's been around a long time and the Gopher 50 moved from the Olatana fairgrounds, to Deer Creek in 2005, and it's been running on a Saturday night at Deer Creek under the Wu sanctioning banner until 2020. Now, what they've done is they've switched over to the Lucas, and they're going to bring the show back to a Thursday night. So, Ryan, 
how is this going to affect the northern leg of this, you know, World of Outlaw Tours? And, and you know, you know when, is, when is or will the attrition towards more woo races changing to Lucas stop anytime soon? You know, I, I got to be honest with you. You know, first of all, what I notice on the schedule is there's two Lucas races at Deer Creek. Yes. You know, there's one on May 16th. It's called uh, the North Star National. So that Lucas Oil late models that night. And then they're having them again at the Gopher 50. So I'm surprised that they're having two Lucas races. Um, but as far as it just makes sense for them to do that, especially at the Gopher 50, because that's on a Thursday. And that Friday, Saturday, they're actually, the Lucas Oil, they're actually running in Jackson. So it's just kind of part of that swing where they can go from Deer Creek and it's not too far down the road to race Jackson Friday, Saturday. And the same thing with their May one. You know, the Lucas Oil group is up in Iowa, you know, and of course Deer Creek is basically north Iowa, right? I mean, it's as close to Iowa as you can get. And so it just makes sense as part of a swing. Now, as far as the northern swing with the Woo, um, it, it may have an effect possibly on the eastern Wisconsin and, and Bert um, knows the two races. One of them is Plymouth. Uh, where's, is the other one Beaver Dam? Is that where the other one is, Bert? No, the, the other one is Seymour Speedway. Seymour. Okay. Um, so they're running those two tracks. So some of the Wisconsin guys, maybe you're, I'll be, I'll be curious to see where people like Jimmy Mars, Pat Doerr, you know, some of those guys go, would they typically go over to Eastern Wisconsin and run those two woo races? Or are they going to do a three day swing with the Lucas oil series and run deer Creek and the other two tracks? It's going to affect them. Now there's also another Northern swing the following week. And I don't think it'll have any effect on that, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with some of our really good with soda NASCAR late model guys, which direction they head that weekend. Um, that, that'll be, I'll be interesting to see. That, that's very interesting. Yeah. Bert, you've got some insight on some of that scheduling that uh, as part of this whole mix of the Northern, what they used to call the Northern leg or the Northern tour for the world of all our late models. Why don't you, uh, you got yeah. some Intel for us. Yeah, what I've heard is, well, Shano Speedway has had a, a World of Outlaw out, late model race uh, the the early in the week before the USA Nationals for like the last 10 years. What I've heard is that the World of Outlaws, did, they didn't want to track uh, far, that far away from Farberry where they raced the previous weekend. Um and they wanted Shano to switch their date to the the swing in July, the northern swing in July, um, to go along with the Gopher 50. But then uh, with Lucas taking over the Gopher 50, uh, Shano Speedway decided not to be part of that swing just for the reason that Ryan mentioned. Um, you know, Shano Speedway was only getting like mid-20s for a car count for late models in August. And if you have a Lucas oil race in Jackson, Minnesota, that same weekend um, in July, you know, chances are Jimmy Mars, AJ Demo, and all those drivers are going to go race uh, in the Lucas race. So, I mean, you could be looking at possibly only getting low twenties for a car count. Um, And also what I've heard is that, um, even though the Seymour date is on the schedule, um, I've heard conflicting things that that may not happen. 
So I'm not I'm not exactly sure what's happening there. Oh, interesting. Well, unfortunately, up here in the Northland now, we're going to notice for the first time an actual you know splitting of talent due to the Lucas series and Wu series. You know, for a long time it was only the Wu up here. You know, the Lucas was nowhere near. You know, well Knoxville. You know, and then like I said, a couple of years ago, Deer Creek scheduled that May Lucas race. I think this will be the third year of that. I know this past year it was rained out. Um, and then they, you know, I think the uh, 2019 and 2018, they were in Aberdeen, which is not on the schedule this year. But, you know, it stinks for those of us that are fans that, uh, you know, we're, we're actually going to experience this, you know, the split of talent. And if I had mm-hmm. to guess, and maybe we'll lead into the next topic here of talent uh, in the series here, Ryan, if I had to guess on Mars and Demo and Dor, for instance, I would guess they would stick on the Wisconsin side. Just because I think the yeah it's going to be a little bit easier to qualify to place well, and if you've got some comments on what I've already said, go ahead and say it. And then, do you want to let our audience know some of the breaking news on the on the talent part that will be departing the Wu to make it easier for those three gentlemen aforementioned to qualify? <laughs> well, I, I got to be honest, you know, uh, especially Jimmy Mars, he's he's a phenomenal phenomenal race car driver he can run up front at either one of those at either one of those series but here's the deal another thing that we forgot is jimmy mars is actually you really involved at the red cedar speedway in menominee wisconsin well they're having a world of outlaw race the following week so being that he's tying in a world of outlaw race he's working heavily with the red cedar speedway to put that make that happen my guess is that the, that the MB Customs camp will more than likely go to eastern Wisconsin just simply because they're already working with that series. Um, and then I'll let Bert touch on, yeah, there, there's a little breaking news today on some of the late models, but before we get into that, I just got to say it just it just kills me, still kills me. I think it's terrible that there's two <laughs> series. It's like, my goodness, put this deal together and let's just have one big series, get all the talent racing against each other, you know, the fans want to see it, right? Yes, there's, you know, the the drivers, it's, it's two opportunities to race. They can race Lucas, they can race World of Outlaws, and if they have half the talent at both, it gives more people an opportunity to win. But i got to be honest with you, I want to see all the top guys race against each other. See, with Soda, that's a, na- a regional deal, but they had, there was a time where they had three with Soda 100s. It was ridiculous. You know, you had your top guys from the different areas of Wissota all racing, like, separate races. Nobody wants to see that. Us, us race enthusiasts, we want to see the best race against the best all the time. And one series is what it takes to make that happen. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because we just had this discussion on this podcast. What was it like two shows ago? If one or two series is best for the sport. And uh, I, I tended to, be okay with two series but now after seeing the schedules for both of the both lucas and world of outlaws i i'm moving more over to your side as to just you know one series would be the best for for all involved for for the fans um and i just wanted to add also regarding the schedule you had mentioned beaver dam raceway uh beaver dam raceway is on the world vault law late model schedule for tuesday august 4th Basically, that's replacing the Shano date that was on the schedule for the past 10 years. Uh, Beaver Dam is uh, a lot closer to Farberry and or February, and uh, it's easier to get the Beaver Dam on your way to Cedar, Cedar Lake. 
So that that's that um, scheduling thing. And I wanted to point one other thing out on the World of Outlaws schedule for July when they're in Plymouth, Wisconsin, at Sheboygan County Fairgrounds. That same night, uh, the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series is going to be at Wilmont Speedway in Wisconsin, which is just south of Milwaukee. So there's going to be two different World of Outlaws series on the eastern part of Wisconsin well, that on the same day. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, that is crazy. I actually talked to Steve Sinclair, um, who was actually the president of the IRA Sprints, and he's heavily involved with Wilmot. And I talked to him about that. I'm like, how is this going to work? Right? Because I know there's a lot of sprint car guys that go to the World of Outlaw Late Model Show, and there's a lot of late model guys that go to the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Show. I mean, how is this going to affect the tracks? Because I know what it takes to put one of these races together financially and how many people you have to have there. And I'm really, really hoping that this doesn't cut into both fan counts and make both events not profitable for the racetrack. Yeah, very interesting, guys. And, you know, let's, uh, I think we're, you know, let's, let's move on from here. We've, you know, we've had a good discussion. And, uh, but I want to stay on the scheduling uh, because there's been, you know, some breaking news here in the Northland, and there's nobody better to tell us about that breaking news than Ryan Aho. So why don't you take the floor and talking about the World of Outlaw Late Model schedule for 2020? Well, there's two things I'm going to touch on. I'm going to start with one down in Iowa. Um, big, big IMCA modified track, Boone. They're actually going to have their first ever um, World of Outlaw race. It's going to be the, I believe it's called the Hawkeye 100. And uh, that's going to pay thirty grand to win. You know, that's May 1st and 2nd. So I'm pretty excited to see that down there. Nice little bull ring, fast track. There'll be some good racing. But I'm really excited that uh, Platinum Racing Promotions has partnered up with the Grand Rapids Speedway, and we're actually going to put on the inaugural Rumble in the Pines World of Outlaw Late Model event Thursday, July 16th. And that's going to be the first race of a four-night series. So they're coming up to the Grand Rapids Speedway. They're going to the River City Speedway in Grand Forks the next night, the Ogilvy Raceway the next night, and then, like I said, Jimmy Mars is working with the Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee for that Sunday. So we are super excited to have Really, as long as I can remember, the first big marquee, huge national traveling series event ever at the at the Grand Rapids Speedway. And folks, if you've never been there, I mean, this is kind of a little hidden gem up in northern Minnesota, kind of tucked back in some pine trees. And, and last year provided, in my opinion, some of the best racing in Wasota Racing last year. So really excited to get yeah, back. Yeah, congratulations, up there. Ryan. It is really great news. I'm very excited. And I echo your... your uh... Uh, statements on the racing you know, I was there most weeks with the late models uh, we had you know two grooves of racing you had a top and a, and a bottom you know it's, it's a smaller track but the, I, you know I think it's an abrasive surface is what racers have told me so there's a lot of traction and it's a lot of fun and like I said yeah I, uh, I'm praying for the best weather of the summer on Thursday July 16th um, they're coming off of out of uh Plymouth, Wisconsin, uh, Saturday, July 11th. And like I said, yeah, Ryan, they move into the 16th all the way for four days. So, uh, Bert Lehman, thoughts on the Rumble in the Pines up here in northern Minnesota? Well, I mean, it, it's good to have uh, National Series up in the upper Midwest. And uh, I wish them all the best. And I, I hope they have a spectacular show. Anything else, Ryan? We're going to have to get... 
We're going to have to get that Packer fan to leave Wisconsin, come on over to Minnesota. I was just thinking that. Place. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm. When? What's the date on that July. again? Uh, Thursday, July sixteenth. Okay. I'll, we'll have yeah, to see absolutely. about that. I, I live about uh, four blocks from the track, uh, Bert, so you've got a bed right here. So <laughs> I'll take care of that part. <laughs> oh, okay. So, but the interesting <laughs> thing in looking at both the Lucas and uh, the World uh, Late Model schedule is, you know, the, the cars are pretty much in the Midwest from the Silver Dollar Nationals until the USA Nationals. And the Silver Dollar Nationals are, when are they? The weekend after Jackson. So they're the... Uh, 18th 19th and they i mean you know i like so when i was growing up you, you know you had, like i said you had one chance at this and that was cedar lake and then they they boogied out of here as fast as they could and i remember when the cooks were promoting uh cedar lake and they did the 1995 i believe was the year they went to twenty thousand to win and and um one of the cook brothers was down there in victory lane uh, talking with the winner and and you know it was a big gamble for them because it was can we get the drivers to come this far north you know so they took a lot of risk and um anyway you know the rest is history as we know but i remember him saying you know he said oh everyone said we couldn't get the drivers to come this far north and we stuck our necks out and we're proud of what we've done and thanks for all the fans for coming it's been a huge success so um it's you know like i said it's kind of interesting to see them all in this area and ryan i i i uh wish that same success um to platinum promotions and to grand Rapids speedway here coming up this summer all right yeah thanks man it should it should be good we're excited yeah, about all right it. awesome so yeah moving on and uh ryan i guess we'll stick with you because uh later this week the pri show is happening over in indianapolis and uh sounds like you're gonna make the trip this year and and uh you know, what do you got for Intel there? Well, I, I'm excited. I've been in racing my whole life. And, you know, I've always been told, you've got to get to the PRI show. I've never been there, right? I haven't really raced um, full-time for a few years now. And now I'm finally going to the PRI show. And, you know, I'm, I'm super excited. There's a lot of banquets. I believe the Lucas, uh, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Banquet is that same weekend down there. There's a lot of stuff going on. But pretty much every every major vendor, you know, everybody involved with dirt track and, and all forms of racing is going to be there. So I'm excited to see what it's all about. I'm actually heading down there with your uh, 2020 Wissota Modified National Champion favorite, in my opinion, Johnny Broking and his dad, Bob Broking. Um, they actually help run the Grand, or they run the Grand Rapids Speedway. So we're heading down there, and I'm actually going to meet up with a band from Dirt Race Central, working on uh, some things with him as well. So we got a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire that are going to be happening happening down at the PRI. But uh, super excited to get down there. I heard it's quite the experience. And, you know, bring a notebook. There's a lot of seminars. People can learn how to, you know, maybe do marketing better. Or there's a lot of different products you're going to learn about. And, you know, just uh, you get that many race car drivers in one area. I promise there will be some <laughs> stories afterwards. Well, yeah, that's that. where all the press re- releases happen. And there's a lot of action. Let me just make a quick correction here, people. I don't know what I was just saying in that last segment, but they pretty, I was talking about how the both series are staying in the Midwest. They're pretty much staying in the Midwest from July 10th until the USA nationals. I don't know why I said diamond nationals. I think I might've meant the silver dollar nationals, which is a couple weeks later in Nebraska, but I just want to make a correction there. So, um, Bert, you ever been to the PRI show? Are you happen to be going this year? You, you bunk it with Ryan? Uh, no, I have never been to the PRI show, and I'm not going this year, but 
it is one of those things on my bucket list that one of these years I would like to well, go I know there. there's going to be another Iron Ranger headed your way. I had a text uh, from Jeff Provenzino this week, Ryan, and I guess he's going to be down there with uh, former NASCAR driver Jeremy Mayfield uh, at uh, the 20th special, special Race Cars. We'll have a booth. Uh, for those of you that need a little background, uh, Jeremy Mayfield raced a 28 special race car this year. Won a few races I saw down in the deep south, and I guess he ordered a, a 2020 car. And so Jeff's going to be bringing it that far, and it'll be on display. And then Jeremy will be taking it back to, I, th- I believe he's in North Carolina from there. So if, if you need some Iron Range love, Ryan, you know where to look. Oh, I, I guarantee you I'll be hooking up with Bravo down there and you know, there's a lot of other guys from Wasota Country heading down, so gonna gonna definitely be talking to them and, and uh stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'm gonna be talking to Ricky Weiss down there and some other folks. We have some pretty neat th- uh, things that we're looking to do at that World of Outlaw show in Rapids and uh this weekend we plan oh, on very good. Some of that well, stuff yeah. together. Save some save some nuggets nuggets for the pod. And I've got I've got a little nugget that I found out and I, I didn't really know how to fit it in the show, but I guess this is as good a spot as any because we all know Mark Richards, the owner of Rocket Chassis. He will be at the PRA show. And, um, you know, obviously Mark's an extremely successful man. I'm sure he's a millionaire. He loves his cabbage. You know, he, he seems to me to be a very, compet- very competitive guy. And the one question I always had kind of lurking in my mind is, why did he not let his race team switch over to the Lucas series back when Josh wanted to race Lucas, right? I was just like, this just doesn't, make any sense to me well i think i found out why let me explain here it's, it's, it's kind of got, got to go the long way to get home here so dirt car owns the ump sanctioning and owns the world of outlaw sprints which is irrelevant for this conversation but of course also the world of outlaw late models so you've got all the ump summer nationals races under the dirt car umbrella you've got eldora uh you know the dream and the world 100 under the ump umbrella and of course, you've got all the World of Outlaw sanctioned races. So, of course, he's got a lot of influence, right? I'm assuming when Mark Richards picks up the phone and calls Dirt Car, they answer the phone. You know, when Puka calls Dirt Car, they don't answer, right? It goes right to voicemail. You know, I'm not Mark Richards. So, let's rewind to September of 2018, the originally scheduled World 100. You guys remember when Ricky Weiss was disqualified for having the, the diameter of the roll cage bar on the driver's side was too small. Okay. So I heard yes. from a very reliable source that it was Mark Richards who was reversing a chassis and found that out and pressured UMP to tech for that. I mean, and it makes so much sense because why else would you? You know, I mean, Ryan, I mean, you you grew up in a in an area where they had a claim rule, you know, so you are always thinking about what your competitors had and stuff. Were you ever worried about the circumference of their roll cage? You know, there there was a modified deal, you know, a few years back that they were, see, in, in Wasota racing, the circumference of the roll cage was always, I believe, inch and, a, inch and three quarter for the modifieds, I believe it was, or inch and five eighths. And then a lot of the, a lot of the other chassis builders all over the country didn't have that rule so why on earth they the rules aren't the same everywhere makes no sense but it's crazy that different sanctioning bodies have a different diameter roll cage and i think after that whole deal i think that's all changed now i think everybody's on the same page but that was just another example of how you get to different areas of the country and it's all different rules yeah you just gotta yeah get so together I, on go ahead this but, stuff. well the 
the surprising thing to me about that whole deal was, I mean, he races a Bloomquist chassis. Why was that the only chassis that had that diameter? Well, his, his was like a year. Um, his like was like a for that might bar. Have been like a sixteen, and then and and uh, McDowell okay. and Bloomer were running the the you know, and I I don't know, I can't remember because I was at the reschedule event last October. Um, and I know it was Bloomer and McDowell, and I know there were like two guys from Louisiana I never heard of had Bloomquist cars, but but yeah, that's kind of the story. So that just kind of, you know, t- well, didn't he leave from there, Puka, and then head right well, over to Grand that's, Forks? That's and, exactly like, what. Not race. only did yeah, he, he did, did. sites race, did. I think he won five invitations. Then didn't he? He and and then and then no, he won he won eight invites and won his yeah, and, national title. So he, you could say he had bad luck, or you could say he had the best of luck. Depends how you look yep. at it. You know, right. so that might not have happened. Right, exactly. Kind of a, a competitive, you call it competitive, you call it vindictive, I don't know, you know, but a very competitive Mark Richards. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he turned exactly. lemons into lemons. So lemonade. anyway, I wanted to kind way. of get that story out because I heard it from a pretty good source. And, and um, you know, like I said, why else would they be teching, teching uh, roll cages? So, all right, fellas, we're going to head to the final lap segment. So we've got one to go. Uh, we we touched on this briefly earlier, and uh, Bert, maybe you could bring light to it on some changes to the competition on the Wu Series. Well, the big news today was the announcement that Shane Clanton is going to be uh, switching from the Wu Series to the Lucas Oil Series. Um, the reason that's such a big surprise is Clanton has been racing with the World of Outlaws for as long as I can remember. I mean, he was, when you think of Outlaws, you think of Shane Clanton. So um, it's it's very interesting to see all these drivers switching over to the Lucas series. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm i wondering if the World of Outlaws series is wondering what's going on with yeah, all the switching. Like I said, the bleeding continues with the World of Outlaws. And, and it's not just Clanton because I know – from you guys know who Psycho Billy is, the race car fan. He lives or knows Tyler Bruning, and I know at one point he had said that Tyler Bruning, who is Clanton's teammate, was going to run for the World of Outlaws rookie title in 2020. Well, now you lost Clanton, and you lost a guy who just three months ago, you know, ha- had plans to be running that that Wu series. So, Ryan, thoughts on this transition? You know, I think that's just part of the game. You know, I, I know the World of Outlaws. I talked to Casey Schumann down there. They're working on some things. They have some people that they're um, they they can't announce anything yet, but they're looking to have some acquisitions into the World of Outlaw scene as well. Um, so I think that's just part of it. Very surprised the Clanton switch because he has been very loyal to that series. But uh, another another name that World of Outlaws may lose was another guy that finished in the top ten last year, Brent Larson. Um, Brent actually. Uh, you know, we had a car owner, Arnie Ranta. Arnie's got some health issues. Got to keep him in our prayers. Great guy. He's done a lot for the sport. Hopefully he's, you know, gets better. He's got, he's dealing with some stuff. But but Brent solidified a big uh, sponsor last year with Drydeen, which gave him the opportunity to, to race that series. But uh, last week, a big announcement was made that Drydeen is now the, the primary sponsor for Ricky Wise. And that means that Brent is out. Brent's got a still an associate sponsor, and I talked to Brent, and what Brent said is 
man, I wish I would have known that like two months ago because we're, we're literally a month out from Vado, the opener for the World of Outlaws, and now he's left without a sponsor and is uncertain if he's going to be able to follow the whole series. Oh, he may just run a lot hurt. of the local Thoughts on Ricky? Uh, Bert? Well, it, it's great to see Ricky get a, get a sponsorship like that. Um, and we, well, now with uh, Clanton moving over, um, you know, I think Ricky has a great shot at the championship. I think I need to, might want to rethink my <laughs> picks that I made last week. <laughs> I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with mine. I can tell you that. I'm sticking with Ricky, and this even solidifies it even further. And you're exactly right. Brent Larson's a great guy. He's he's helped a lot of people himself, heavily involved. I've known him for years, raced against him for, for many years myself. And, it, you know, it, it hurts me a little bit to see somebody that's, that's a good guy like him, one of the good guys of the sport, lose an opportunity like that. Now, with that said, what's good for bad is great for some. And I like, I like Ricky Wise, too. You know, so I'm, congratulations to him. And, and Drydean, I, mean, I don't think we mentioned this when we talked about the Extreme Dirt Car Series. They're the title sponsor of that series now. So they're really getting involved with, with dirt track racing and getting the name out. And when did they really come on, on the, on the yeah, I believe so. I've never heard of them until this year. Yeah, they're making a big splash, and I know they said that they've, they're going to be making some noise down there at the PRI show. So keep your, your ear to the ground down there too, Ryan. So, um That, that's just an example right there, guys, where a company can come in and make a splash, you know, go sponsor a race team, sponsor a series, and a whole bunch of people went from, like, not knowing anything about that company to, like, going, man, that's all they talk about is that company. So great marketing on their part, and uh, just a little shout-out to all those businesses and corpor- and, you know, involved in the racing world. Get involved with the, with some teams. Get involved with some series. Yeah, what kind of cash you guys that think that, that sponsorship's worth? I mean, I saw it on Ricky's car. You know, it's the door, but it's not like the full door. You think it's a five thousand dollars spot, a ten thousand dollars spot? Am I am I way over? Am I way under? What's the over under on ten thousand? Are you kidding? You're about a tenth of the way there. <laughs> wow. Wow, well, yeah, good. It's a, it's a, hey, it's that a makes me feel more confident than ever about late model racing and its future. Then that was the greatest thing you could have told me. I got my New Year's gift early, a month early. Thank you, Ryan Ayo. <laughs> and congratulations to Ricky. Um, you know, going <laughs> forward. Um, and another national guy that made some news this weekend, Watertown, New York, Tim McCready is going to be hopping into a different driver's seat, Bert. Yep, he's going to be race. He'll still be racing uh, the Longhorn House car, but he will have new owner, a new car owner this year. Um, and he's also not going to have Sweeteners Plus on the car. Uh, so what that means for me is I'm going to have to buy another diecast of his. <laughs> Remember, one those that cars are not for the Sweeteners Plus on it. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, any comments on T Mac? <laughs> Well, I got to be, you know, I'm going to side with Bert here. I think them cars are for playing, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, we're, we're all big kids, right? Um, no, I, you know, Tim McCready, great race car driver, you know, and, and uh, I'm not sure exactly the details, if, if the, the folks that he was driving for before, if they're still going to be involved with the sport or if they're kind of backing away. I'm not sure on all the details, 
but you know Tim McCready flat out wins races. He's fun to watch. Um, hopefully, I don't know what does he follow the Lucas series, guys. Is that what he follows? Yes. Or does he follow? Yeah. And he does follow the Lucas. So we'll see him, of course. You know, at a, at a couple of the events up in the Midwest. But you know, congratulations to him. You know, you know when one when one sponsor falls away and another one comes there. You know, when you're a great race car driver, you get those opportunities. Yeah, great. And, so, and all right, so the last story, I just it. wanted to wrap up with this. Uh, Dirt on Dirt came out with the breakouts, new covers, and comeback section for 2019. And we had some uh, some of our local drivers get a little bit of recognition there, so I did want to mention it. Uh, Devin Van House from Silver Bay, Minnesota, who was your 2019 Lazota Late Model Rookie of the Year. I think he finished fourth in national points, uh, was recognized by Dirt on Dirt. Jesse Glenn's from down there i think he works in jimmy mars racing shop he's down there for the eclair wisconsin area uh went on a blistering pace this fall uh picking up some big invitational wins in wazota land and young sammy mars jimmy's son was also highlighted in the article so i think he's only like a 15 or 16 year old kid so uh congratulations to all three of you and with that, I think we're going to wrap. I do want to – I did not, not know about uh, Arnie's uh, condition, so I do want to wish Arnie the best. Uh, Ryan, you're right. He has done so much for dirt track racing. And uh, also to you, Brett Larson, you are definitely one of the good guys in the sport and the uh, best wishes moving forward. I know time is tight, but hopefully you can secure another sponsor and we'll see you down in Vado in about a month. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And you are tuned to the One to Go Show.